Nupad Paramhamsa Pariraja Kacharja Sasara Shita Shishi Mad AC Bhaktivanta Swami Shila Prabhupadki Anantakota Vaishnavrindaki All glories to the assembled devotees All glories to the assembled devotees All glories to the assembled devotees All glories all glories to Shishi Guru and Gauranga Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Today is Tuesday, February 11th, 2020, and we are reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Creation, Chapter 5, Narada's Instructions on Srimad Bhagavatam for Vyasadev. Text 26. Tatran Vaham Krishna Kata Pragyatam. Anugre Anugrahaneshar Navam Manohara. Tashradhaya Men Nupadam Vishnavata. Priya Shravasyananga Mahama Bhavad Ruchi. Please chant. Tatran Vaham Krishna Katha Pragyatam. Anugrahene Shranavam Manohara Tashadhaya Menupadam Vishnavata Priyasravasyam 
Tatra. Tatra. Thereupon. Anu. Every day. Aham. I. Krishna Kata. Narration of Lord Krishna's activities. Pragyatam. Describing. Anugrahena. By causeless mercy. Ashranavam. Giving oral reception. Manahara. Attractive. Ta. Those. Shraddhaya. Respectfully. Me. Unto me. Anupabdam. Every step. Vrishnavata. Hearing attentively. Priyashravasi. Of the personality of Godhead. Anga. O Vyasadev. Mama. Mine. Abhavat. It is so become. Ruchi. Taste. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. O Vyasadev, in that association and by the mercy of those great Vedantists, I could hear them describe the attractive act- activities of Lord Krishna. And thus, listening attentively, my taste for hearing of the personality of Godhead increased at every step. Purport. Lord Sri Krishna, the absolute personality of Godhead, is attractive not only in his personal features, but also in his transcendental activities. It is so because the absolute is absolute by his name, fame, form, pastimes, entourage, paraphernalia, etc. The Lord descends to this material world out of his causeless mercy and displays his various transcendental pastimes as a human being, so that human beings attracted towards him become able to go back to Godhead. People are naturally apt to hear histories and narrations of various personalities performing mundane activities, without knowing that by such association one simply wastes valuable time and also becomes addicted to the three qualities of mundane nature. Instead of wasting time, one can get spiritual success by turning one's attention to the transcendental pastimes of the Lord. By hearing the narration of the pastimes of the Lord, one contacts directly the personality of Godhead. And as explained before, by hearing about the personality of Godhead from within, all accumulated sins of the mundane creature are cleared. Thus being cleared of all sins, the hearer gradually becomes liberated from mundane association and becomes attracted to the features of the Lord. Narada Muni has just explained this by his personal experience. The whole idea is that simply by hearing about the Lord's pastimes, one can become one of the associates of the Lord. Narada Muni has eternal life, unlimited knowledge, unfathomed bliss, and he can travel all over the material and spiritual worlds without restriction. One can attain to the highest perfection of life simply by attentive hearing of the transcendental pastimes of the Lord from the right sources, as Sri Narada heard them from the pure devotees. 
Bhaktivedanta's in his previous life. This process of hearing and the association of the devotees is especially recommended in this age of quarrel, Kali. I was born in the darkest ignorance, and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. Shri Chaitanya Manovistam Sapitam Jenabutale Swayam Rupakadamayam Tadatit Swapadantikam. When will Srila Rupa Goswami Prabhupada, who is established within this material world, the mission to fulfill the desire of Lord Chaitanya, give me shelter under his lotus feet? Vancha Kalpata Rubyasha Kripasanubayabacha Patitanam Pabanebio Vaishnavebio Namonamaham. I offer my respectful obeisances unto the Vaishnav devotees of the Lord. They are just like desire trees and can fulfill the desires of everyone, and they are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Shirvaitagadhar Shrivasari Goda Bhaktivrinda. I offer my respectful obeisances unto Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Lord Nityananda Shirvaita Gadadhar Pandit, Sri Thakur, and all the devotees of Lord Chaitanya. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So today we'll discuss the importance of hearing and remembering Krishna, how association plays a pivotal role, and uh, reading Srila Prabhupada's books do as well. So here Narada Muni is explaining to Vyasadev, you know, the importance of um, discussing Krishna Katha, discussing the pastimes of Lord Krishna. We've been discussing in this chapter that, or in, also in the previous chapter, that Vyasadeva has compiled all of the Vedas. And in doing so, he felt incomplete. And he felt incomplete because he had not included uh, pastimes of Krishna. He had not discussed the true goal of life, which is to attain Krishna. So Narada Muni is explaining to him that this is what you have to include, and now you have to write the Srimad Bhagavatam. And because he's giving these instructions, we have this beautiful works um, that we get to read every single morning called the Srimad Bhagavatam, which we're studying um, quite thoroughly with our morning classes every day. And so he explains to him that, you know, I myself was attracted to Krishna just by hearing, and he's relating to him how important that is to hear and to share stories about Krishna so that we can remember him, so that we can achieve our true position as pure devotional servants of Krishna. And it's interesting because in marketing and in a lot of other um, educational classes, it's always great to give examples, right? And so Narada Muni is giving an example of Vyasadeva of, of the importance of discussing Krishna Kata. And he's saying that, you know, if by hearing, just by hearing, pure devotees discussing Krishna, I myself became very attracted. And Prabhupada says that, um, in the purport, he says, one can attain the highest perfection of life simply by attentive hearing of the transcendental pastimes of the Lord from the right sources. So this becomes very important for us. If we're on this path of enlightenment, of Krishna consciousness, of realizing that we are pure servants of Krishna, and that's 
who we are. You know, we talked about wanting to achieve happiness and bliss, and it's hard to do that in this temporary material world because everything here is temporary, whereas in the material world, everything is eternal. And so in the material world, we're, you know, we're spirits of eternal knowledge and bliss, and that's what we're trying to achieve here in this temporary world, which we can achieve. We cannot achieve um, because it, everything is temporary. And this idea of hearing stories and it attracting our attention, we see this all the time. A few years ago, there was a show, um, I think it aired on HBO, called The Tudors. And it was all about King Henry VIII and his many wives and then, you know, the birth of Queen Elizabeth and she became the first female queen. And I was watching these shows and I was very interested. And so then I started reading up on, you know, the whole history of the English monarchy and what actually happened and how much of the story that I was watching was true. And I was thinking, this is the same thing. When we get a little bit of taste of Krishna, we get to, you know, we get a little more attracted and it's even, it's, it's on a more transcendental platform, right? At the end of researching all about King Henry VIII, I came to the conclusion that this is a horrible man. And, you know, all he cared about was his own self and power. And so I'm no longer interested in learning anything more about that. And yet, you know, several, many, couple of decades ago, I started learning about Krishna and his pastimes. Actually, I've been hearing them my whole life. But I don't get bored of them. And I still hear, you know, I still want to hear stories you know, we tell um, stories during major festivals like Janmashtami. Recently, um, last week, we celebrated Lord Nityananda's Appearance Day, and we shared stories about Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda and what they did. And it's always so interesting to hear these stories, and you want to hear more, like what else happened? What else do they do? You know, we discuss things like the Rasa Dance or Krishna lifting the Govardhan um, Hill, and you wonder exactly what happened, what led up to this, what happened during that time, what happened after that time. These things become very interesting. And I swear, I mean, like we talk about the story of Govardhan Hill every year during Kartik, during the month of um, Damodar, when he performed that pastime. And it's not like I ever get bored, right? And we learn different things from these stories. So they're ever attractive, they're ever fresh, and they're ever new, unlike Material stories. Material stories are also attractive because everything in the material world is a perverted reflection of what's going on in the spiritual world. It's just that it's not connected to Krishna. And therefore it's temporary and it only has like temporary qualities of bringing us happiness or pleasure. So, you know, to gain interest in Krishna, we have to hear about Krishna. And in, in hearing about Krishna, we have to read about Krishna. And one of the first books that Srila Prabhupada gave us, you know, to read is the Krishna book. Right? He immediately translated chapter, or Canto 10, all of, about Krishna's pastimes, and he gave us this Krishna book to read. It's a great book to read. Um, I think if you read, you know, 15, 20 minutes every day, you'll be finished with it in six months. If you read more, you'll be finished more quickly. But there's so much that happens during Krishna's lifetime and all the stories and, and still, like, it doesn't even contain all of them. Last year, I had the opportunity to go to Vrindavan and 
tour and I heard some stories that I have never heard before, you know, and I was very interested, like, how can there still be new stories? For, you know, the last 45 years, I've been listening to stories about Krishna and there's still new stories that I hadn't heard, you know, because that's how Krishna is. He's eternal and there's, he's got eternal pastimes and they're so attractive and so beautiful and they bring pleasure to the devotees and to us if we listen to them. So, you know, we've discussed this before that reading every single day is important. Actually, there was a verse, um, you know, I think a few year, months back that we discussed the importance of reading. And um, there's a verse in Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 12, Chapter 13, 11 and 12, it says, from beginning to end, the Srimad Bhagavatam is full of narrations that encourage renunciation of material life, as well as nectarian accounts of Lord Hari's transcendental pastimes, which give ecstasy to the saintly devotees and demigods. This Bhagavatam is the essence of all Vedanta philosophy because its subject matter is the absolute truth, which, while non-different from the spirit soul, is the ultimate reality, one without a second. The goal of this literature is exclusive devotional service into that supreme truth. So, our goal is to achieve Krishna, to develop our pure love for Krishna, right? And in order to de- develop love for someone, we have to learn about them. And the Srimad Bhagavatam is a way to learn about Krishna. So it's important for us to read every single day, set aside some time. We discussed this before, you know, my... Um, Guru, my spiritual master, is always at about an hour every single day of reading. And that's hard to achieve, I can tell you, from my personal life. Um, you know, if I think about it, it's not that I don't have the time. Because, you know, we have the time. We have to prioritize what we think is important, and we make time for it. It's more that it's hard to stay focused for that amount of time. So I've learned little tricks like... You know, I'll read 15 minutes in the morning, and then I'll listen to lectures throughout the day about the Srimad Bhagavatam. So it's not technically reading for an hour, but it is getting an hour of Krishna Katha every single day. And then I also read um, Bhagavad Gita. And, you know, the idea is we want to remain fixed in thinking about Krishna. In Bhagavad Gita 627... Krishna says, the yogi whose mind is fixed on me verily attains the highest perfection of transcendental happiness. They are beyond the mode of passion. They realize their qualitative identity with the Supreme, and thus they are freed from all reactions to past deeds. So this is, this is one of the things that we want to achieve, right? We want to um, think about Krishna, fix our mind on Krishna, and realize our identity, and then we can be freed from the material world. And Krishna goes on to say in Bhagavad Gita 8.7, You should always think of me in the form of Krishna, and at the same time carry out your prescribed duty of fighting. With your activities dedicated to me and your mind and intelligence fixed on me, you will attain me without doubt. For one who always remembers me without deviation, I'm easy to obtain because of one's constant engagement in devotional service. So he's saying, you know, we don't give up our activities. 
we continue doing our activities but keeping our mind fixed on Krishna. Because if we sit around and we do nothing, then we're still not going to be able to properly pay attention to Krishna because our mind wanders and we're not engaging our mind so we get bored. We're not engaging our body so, you know, we start to think about different bodily needs. But if we are engaging in a proper way, you know, what our duty is, even if it's not what our duty is, but our duty is as a householder to make money for the family so that the family can live nicely, that's still doing your duty. So we do that thinking of Krishna, remembering him all throughout the day that, you know, if we're having some difficulty, we realize that, you know, Krishna's put me in this difficult position or I'm doing this for Krishna. How can I represent him more um, perfectly? It's not always easy to do from personal experience, I can tell you that. But, you know, sometimes you just, your ego gets in the way and you just want to tell somebody off and say, you know, don't treat me like that or this is wrong or, you know, but if you're in a work environment, you can't speak to your bosses this way um, or you lose your job. So, you know, we have to sometimes realize that there's a higher purpose for us being there and we can swallow our pride a little bit and you know, engage in that way. And then in Bhagavad Gita 10.9, Krishna says, The thoughts of my pure devotees dwell in me. Their lives are fully devoted to my service. And they derive great satisfaction and bliss from always enlightening one another and conversing about me. So here he's saying that, you know, pure devotees, Vaishnavas, us, right, we're not only just thinking about him, we're not just dedicating our service and our lives to him, but we're also hanging out with each other and talking about him. And this is key in order to remember Krishna, is to associate with devotees who are also on the path. And we discussed before, it's, you know, you want to associate with devotees that are more advanced because they have more realization and we can learn from them. And it's stated many, many times in different places, Prabhupada has stated that it's only by the association of devotees will we get the mercy of Krishna and will we be able to learn um, about Krishna and become attracted to Krishna. Otherwise, you know, we can read the book, um, we can read Bhagavad Gita, we may not understand it. Or we can read Srimad Bhagavatam and we may not get the essence because we don't, we're not reading it and discussing it in the presence of devotees. In um, Srimad Bhagavatam 3.25.25, it said, In the association of pure devotees, discussion of the pastimes and activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is very pleasing and satisfying to the ear and the heart. By cultivating such knowledge, one gradually becomes advanced on the path of liberation, and thereafter he is freed and his attraction becomes fixed. Then real devotion and devotional service begin. So we can see that it's um, in the association of pure devotees. And if we wonder who's a pure devotee, well, Prabhupada said anyone who has taken up this path of Krishna consciousness, who is on this path regardless of where they are, are pure devotees. Even if they're neophyte, even if they're still learning, even if they're still making mistakes, they're still a pure devotee because anyone that's just realizing that this is the path of enlightenment. This is who we are, that we're servants of Krishna and let me help 
realize that and we start chanting and reading Prabhupada's books, we become pure devotees. Now we can see that there's, you know, levels of pure devotees, right? So like my spiritual master is definitely way more pure and advanced than I am. And, you know, may I may or may not be more pure and advanced as somebody who comes to the temple for the first time last week. Um, so we all have our realizations, and we can all learn from each other. I can learn from my spiritual master, I can learn from my peers, and I can also learn from the neophyte devotee who just came in from the temple last week. And we, you know, in discussing, sometimes we hear different um, viewpoints, things that attract different people. You know, when um, so I uh, have this, I've run, I run this Bhagavad Gita study group on WhatsApp, and I'm always surprised with the reflections and realizations of other people when they when we discuss the same verse, because I'm like, oh wow, I didn't get that at all. That's not what I. It took away from this verse. And we know that when we read something, the things that stick with us or the things that we get from it are things that we're already wrestling with or dealing with or focused on anyway. So we, you can see what other people are focused on, and it helps change your focus a little bit too, and you see things in a different light. And so it's always good to discuss. So a great way to discuss and associate is creating, like, um, you know, uh, study groups. Like, you can create a Bhagavad Gita study group. You can create a Krishna book study group. Srimad Bhagavatam study group. And, you know, we see this also <clears throat> in um, in a lot of Christian churches. They'll create a Bible study group. And usually it's a smaller um, group than, the you know, the big Sunday um sermons and the Sunday services that they have, they have little Bible study groups, and they may have them several times a week, but it's a way for people to have fellowship and discuss, you know, the Bible with each other. And so we can do that as well. We can create these types of association and discuss, you know, like this week we're reading, you know, this chapter from Krishna book, and we'll discuss it at our book club, right, our reading club. And because of technology, we don't even have to be in the same space. Right? Um, we can, like I, like I said, I have a WhatsApp group, and we have people from all over the U.S. on this WhatsApp group. And, you know, all we do is we text or record or send our reflections after reading the um, Bhagavad Gita for the day, the verses for the day. So it's not much. You know, it's, it's nice and it's engaging, and we get association and we learn about each other, and we learn about our thoughts, and we learn about Krishna, and we get to discuss Krishna together. Um, <clears throat> I'm part of a Facebook group that's also a book club, right? And each month we read a different book, and we discuss it on Facebook. You could create, like, a Skype group or some type of video chat group in which you meet once a week or whatever time frame you want to meet, and you know, discuss that way. So there's a lot of different ways in which you can associate with devotees and it, you know, it can work with your schedule, especially in this day and age. It's, we're so busy, right? Like if you work an eight-hour day, which most people don't work that less, right? I mean, if you count in time for breaks, a typical, like when I was working at um, my last job, 
I would say my typical day was at least nine hours, if not ten, sometimes twelve. But then you add in the commute time, right? That's another hour, you know. So if, let's just say, twelve hours of my day is commuting, it's hard to get out and do, or it's working and commuting and doing all that stuff. It's hard to get out and meet people and do that. So having a way to do it at my fingertips makes it really convenient and it encourages me to do it. So, you know, we can always, with technology and the knowledge that we have, we can always find different ways in which we can still associate. Now, you know, there is no substitute of being in person with someone. For instance, you know, there are people listening um, online and or listening at home or they'll listen later, and that's great for listening to class. But I have always found that there's something about sitting in the temple room when the speaker, you know, the person who's giving class is giving class and being there in front of them engages me in a different way than when I'm listening to a lecture online or later recorded. So there's, there is the pleasure of that, you know, and I notice it also with like kirtan. You can, you know, everything is broadcast so you can listen to or attend a, a Kirtan Festival from the comfort of your home online. But when you are there in person, that power, the energy, the um, camaraderie that gets built between everybody that's there, it's different. You can't feel that at home. Um, You know, if you can't make it to the temple, you can't make it to a festival, obviously listening online is the next best thing. And so I'm not going to dog that. I mean, I do that a lot as well. It's just realizing that there is something even sweeter about, you know, being in person with someone. Just like if you talk to, um, you, you know, like you, I talk to my sister pretty much every day on the phone. And then there's something nice and sweet when we actually get together and we talk. It's different, you know. It's still the same person. We're having the same conversation, it's just now that we're face-to-face, and there's a different energy. There's a different type of bonding that happens there. And so when we're on our path of Krishna consciousness, we want to give us ourselves all the tools and strength that we can get. And, you know, engaging in person, in association, gives us the strongest um, tool that we can have to stay steady in our faith and path of Krishna consciousness. So for my takeaway for today, I would say that's the biggest thing is find some time, whether it's online or in person, preferably in person, to associate at least once a week with devotees discussing, you know, a book or discussing some one of Srila Prabhupada's books or uh, the Krishna book or Srimad Bhagavatam or Bhagavad Gita. It's a great way to advance your spiritual um, progress as well as learn about Krishna. All right, what questions do you have for me? Even before you um, realize that, thank you. Even before you realize Krishna, um, is like very difficult. So you know, what would you recommend? For someone that's like you know taking up spiritual life and they're they're serious, they're sincere, but at the same time you know there's they don't have a lot of realization. 
So um, he, his question, I think most of you heard because he had the mic, is what do we? What do I recommend for someone who is taking up the path of Krishna consciousness but may not have a lot of realization? Exactly. Associating with devotees, right? Associating with someone who has more realizations or different realizations and reading. When we read to learn, we start to get gain some under, understanding and realizations that way. I know with... Um, the Bhagavad Gita study group that I um, moderate, one of our key things is to to reflect on the, the verses and how it shows up in our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. So it's not just reading what the verse is, and it's not just figuring out what the meaning of the verse is, but it's also how does that apply to us personally? And that's where we gain our realization because, you know, we can often think of the Bhagavad Gita as being esoteric, as being philosophy that just applies to someone else. But when we start to look at how it applies to our lives, then we start to gain so much more realization of who we are and what it means to be a devotee of Krishna. So really association is key. Like, you, Do you feel like that... that um, you know, reading and association inspires you to modify, like to change your person, you know, your, your, your life, your, give up your attachments. Um, you know, what does it actually do to you? It helps, right? It helps to give your, give up your attachments when you read an association. When you see others living by example, if you, you know, you become a little bit more inspired and we motivate each other. We know that we have to do our duties without attachment, and yet we maintain attachments, right? And so we are constantly, when you're reading about it, then you're constantly meditating on that. And you're constantly looking at ways of how can I engage in this activity without becoming entangled with it. And so it's, it's, it's a shift in mindset, it, and it's not overnight, you know. It takes a long time, and it, and it takes concerted efforts. You can't just be like, oh, well, you know, the shift will happen and I don't have to do anything. But you have to constantly think about it. And in psychology, it's called, you know, cognitive behavioral shift, right? You know, and then you have to act on it. So cognitive means, cognition means knowing, knowledge, brain, um, behavior means action. So you have to kind of... constantly shift, right? So if you have a child who wants to play with electric cords and, you know, keeps trying to stick his hand in the little plug, right? And they can get electrocuted that way. You know, he might do it a few times and get deterred that way. But sometimes what we want to do is redirect the kid, right? Instead of just going no, because no makes, makes it more attractive, so instead of you just distract him with something else, right? You distract the child with something else, some toy, so they're no longer interested in that thing. And it's the same thing we have to do with our minds. We have to, like, when we start thinking, oh, my God, you know, why is this happening to me? Or, you know, I wanted this so bad. Then we have to distract our mind and say, okay, this is what it is, and Krishna has given us this, and... Sometimes we have to distract with the things we already have and, 
You know, Prabhupada always says it's not like we aren't thinking about anything. We're not emptying our minds. We're filling it with Krishna. It's another way of redirecting. So instead of thinking about material things, we're thinking about Krishna things, like spiritual things. So it's it's a constant battle, but you have to make an effort to do so. Would you say by that effort, you're, you're strengthening your intelligence, you're strengthening your spirituality? You know, in other words, like when you exercise, right? So the more you exercise, the exercise becomes easier, but you also become strengthened. So by that withdrawal from sense objects and material desire and replacing it with Krishna conscious alternatives, do you find yourself becoming spiritually stronger? You do find yourself becoming spiritually stronger, but you also are no longer attracted to that thing. So it's not like... I was um, giving this example to someone um, just the other day. Like, you know, one, I've never eaten meat my entire life. So when I see... When I see meat, I don't think of it as food. It's not like I have to battle myself to not eat it. It doesn't look appetizing it, to you. It's just not appetizing to me, right? Whereas somebody who gave up meat maybe, you know, like a year ago, two years ago, they may have that constant battle of willpower, right? Like, I know I don't want to eat this, and but they're still attracted to the taste, right? So um, after a while... Even material objects don't hold that power of, no, 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 I don't want that, I want this, right? You don't have to redirect yourself. It's not even an issue anymore, right? Like, I don't see, like, I don't know, a piece of chicken and think food. I think carcass, right? Like, it's it, it doesn't compute to me. Where, you know, so it's the same thing. It's slowly, slowly that that, what ha- what's happening with our all the material objects. Like, we're not... Um, in thinking of it as being something attractive, as something that we want. It's just there, whatever. You know, it's not, it's not drawing me. I'm not having to use my strength to not go to it or, you know. Whereas other things you still may have to, like, for instance. Higher taste. There's a higher taste. Exactly. And and there's strength in that, but it's also, sometimes it doesn't feel like it's strong. It just feels like, you know, it's what it is. Regular for you because that's where you're at. Mm. So you know, for instance, like I'm—I've said this before—I'm a very much a TV addict, right? A TV holic. So for me to not watch TV, it takes a lot of effort, and you know, I have to constantly redirect myself to do this and to do that, and you know. Um, do something else for someone else who's not attracted to TV at all. You know, when I try to tell them about this, they're like, I don't understand. Just don't watch it. Like, what's the big deal? Because they're not attracted to that, right? So we can see that we each have our things that we're attracted to that we have to redirect somehow. You know, it sounds to me like, you know that saying, if there's no pain, there's no gain. But to me, it's like you're saying, if there's no bliss, there's no gain. Exactly. And we discussed this in a previous class where initially pain can be a very good motivation, right? It can be a very good source of change, of creating, you know, things need to change, but it's not very good at sustaining that. Because if we are just trying to avoid pain, it's not enough. 
it's pleasure, right? We have to have some something beneficial, something good that really then sustains that change, the good habits. Mm, nice. You know, I had one more question. Okay. You know, you were kind of alluding to this idea that don't just think this is going to happen automatically, and um, which to me kind of um, <clears throat> it's it, it brought to this idea to mind that there's a tendency to oversimplify the practice of Krishna consciousness. So I was wondering, you know, if you could just go a little bit deep, more deeply into that idea or what you, you know, you were, you were, you were making this point about, you know, don't just think this is going to happen automatically. There is a tendency to oversimplify, right? And it is simple. The process is simple. Um, we read, we hear, we associate, we chant, we take prasadam, we think of Krishna. But it's very difficult to implement because we're so conditioned in material life. We're so conditioned by our desires, by our past lives, by everything that's, you know, keeping us entangled in the material world. So it's, it, we haven't been here in one night and it's going to take more than one night to reverse, you know, to kind of reverse what we've already been going through to shift that mindset. That doesn't mean that someone can't. I mean, we saw that with um, a lot of Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada's early disciples. I mean, it almost looks like overnight they shifted and became disciples of Prabhupada and Krishna and dedicated their lives to Krishna. So there are people that can, but generally most of us are not like that. And we need a little more time. And even in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna allows for that, right? 6.25, gradually, gradually, one lets go. He doesn't say overnight and immediately. He says, step by step, gradually, we come to this process. And, you know, the oversimplification, I think we all tend to do that with a lot of things in our lives, especially Krishna consciousness. And it's almost like um, paralysis by perfection. You know, we can't do it all. So we don't want to do any of it. And we see that over and over again. Well, Can you explain that term, paralysis by perfection? It's the first time I heard that. So it means that if I can't be perfect, I'm not going to do anything. Right? And so many of us have it, especially those of us that have type A personalities, right? Like the impetus to become a doctor drives you, right? See, so everything I want to do, I want to be perfect at doing it. And unless I'm perfect, then I don't want to do it. Um, but what we realize is the perfection is in trying, What we want to do is it's okay to fail. It's okay to try and falter a little bit because it's not an overnight process, right? I can, you know, go out and exercise and just because I can't lift 50 pounds doesn't mean I shouldn't exercise at all. It just means that I need to work up to being able to lift 50 pounds. I thought it meant you need to get a bowl of ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) That's what some people feel that it means, right? Like, I can't do it, so I'm just going to give up and watch TV and eat ice cream. So what we want to do is realize that it takes time. And what we can do, we want to do, right? So if we can, you know, I've heard some people say, well, if I can't chant 16 rounds, then I'm not going to do any of it. If you can't chant 16 rounds, can you chant one round? 
And, you know, and I'm not talking about the 16 rounds of, you know, like being on Facebook and chant, you know, chatting with somebody or doing other things while you're chanting. Um, I'm talking about, you know, concentrated, focused, meditative rounds of chanting your mantra meditation japa. And, you know, for me, it was like that. Well, I can't do 16 rounds like that. That's, that's, you know, so difficult. Well, then, you know, I had to talk myself into, well, just start with one. Start with one round where you put your phone away and you sit and you just chant, right? And then when that becomes easier, go to two rounds, go to three rounds, go to four rounds. And then gradually you can get to 16 rounds. So it's this idea of things happen to have to happen overnight or not at all. Right? We see that with New Year's resolutions, right? We decide that all of a sudden January 1st is a magic date and we're going to become perfect on January 1st, right? We're going to, you know, channel all rounds, wake up early, eat healthy, exercise, read. We're going to do all these things all of a sudden on January 1st. And we can't do all of these things, so by January 3rd, we're not doing any of it. And that's, you know, paralysis by perfection. So, You know, there's that saying that um, practice makes perfect. Uh, um, you know, would you, would you, um, you know, would you embrace the idea that if we just practice Krishna consciousness... Gradually, it'll become second nature. I totally agree with that. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, I know for me personally, I can't imagine not chanting my rounds. I can't imagine not coming to the temple and not associating with devotees. You know, it's, it's, it's become ingrained in me. It's part of my life, right? And that's where we want to be, right? Because I think I quoted, was it last week or the week before, Krishna, uh, Srila Gurudev, Tabang Krishna Goswami had said something along the lines of, we want to um, immerse ourselves so much in Krishna that we, we don't have anything separate from him, right? And that's just paraphrasing what he had said. So it's like that, right? Like, Sometimes you think, oh, this is a lot of, so much to do, so much like chanting and reading and, you know, and sometimes you get caught up in the, I'm going to say politics, but you know, like people were people. So sometimes we disagree with people and that can cause you to have a little bit of a a riff, right? So you think, oh, well, I'm just going to leave and find a whole different community, and then you think, well, what's the point in that? Like, this is my community. And any other community is always going to have its problems as well, right? Like, because we're humans, and we're all dealing with our um, lessons that we have to learn, our traumas, our, you know, we all have our things that we're dealing with. And so you're not going to find a community that doesn't have that. And this community has Krishna. We have Radha Kalachanji. So, you know, it's hard for me to even consider not being part of this community. So it's ingrained. And, and you know, 
definitely practice makes perfect, but I don't know if it's perfect, right? I'm not perfect yet. I don't know if I'll ever be perfect. And I, I also but think we, that the idea. Here's is a question I have about perfection, though, while you're explaining this is, is, um, would you say that there's a limit to perfection? I wouldn't say there's a limit to perfection, but I, I, I was going to say that I don't necessarily know if perfection is the goal, right? The goal is to develop our pure love of Krishna, and that's considered perfection, but we can see from the examples of um, senior Vaishnavas, some of our acharyas, that they never feel like they've gotten there. They don't feel like they've achieved that pure love of Krishna. And we can see by their actions and everything that they do that they have. So they don't feel like they've received achieved that perfection, but from our viewpoint, they have. So personally, we may never feel that level of like, oh, I've achieved perfection. And so in some ways, that's not really our goal. Our goal is to realize that we're servants of Krishna and to, you know, make everything about him. Would you say that love doesn't have to be perfect? Well, love is perfect when it's related to Krishna, right? Love in the material world is not necessarily so. Thank you so much. It's really nice. Your explanations are wonderful. Very Krishna. Does anyone else have any questions?